Doug and Marty vs. the World is paid for by Doug Bassler, Marty McClendon, and Prologue Digital Advertising Agency. Round one, go. Well, it's uh, beginning to look a lot like Christmas, and uh, that kind of makes me happy. This is Doug Bassler. And then this is Doug and Marty versus the world. The first Saturday in December, brother, 23 days till Christmas Day. Are you ready yet? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not Christmas Eve yet. So no, it's not. the panic doesn't usually set in until like the week before. And of course, you and I are going to be heading down to Phoenix, Arizona in just a couple of weeks. Uh, Turning right. Point USA, Charlie Kirk and uh, those guys. That's going to be amazing. You know, I think uh, I think you might have mentioned last week Tucker Carlson's speech. I think I went back yes. and, and watched that. Like, wow. So he's going to be down there. Did yes, you know he's going to be down there. Yeah, I, I love the fact that, first of all, you have all the up-and-coming and the mainstay sort of like a uh, – conservative um, talking heads, if you will. Charlie Kirk's done a great job. Candace Owens, you know, you got um, Tucker Carlson. I think Jesse Waters came a couple of years ago. The idea here is, you know, and do you have a packed um, call or like, I guess, a convention center full of young adults that are on fire, not only for this nation, for patriotism. Most of them uh, have a faith bent, if you will, that are Christian in nature. I, I loved it. And so I'm looking forward to it, brother. But it's nice to see a generation that we think, in many cases, we see on the news all the time. You know, they can't tell you whether male or female. In this case, know exactly what our founding fathers stood for. That are uh, fighting vigorously to restore this nation. Don't you think? It's a, yeah, and it's fun for us it. to be able to be there and and to to join them and and be part of this. You know. It's kind of a getting to be a kind of a Christmas tradition with me, brother. This will be the third in a row. <laughs> there know? you go. Right. So, hey, I want to get right to our guests because they don't have a, a lot of time. Uh, but uh, we have um, Andre Zupanin, Zupanin, and he is a member of parliament in Ukraine. And he also has a, a couple of uh, Christian uh, associates with him. Andre, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Uh, thank you for the introduction. I'm very pleased and happy to be with you on this uh, uh, talk. And uh, moreover, I'm happy to be in Seattle, first time in my life. Well, welcome. And um, you have a couple of uh, other gentlemen with you there? Yes, both of them names are Anatoly. So I will let them introduce themselves. My name is Anatoly Kozachok. I'm senior bishop, Ukraine Pentecostal Church. Thank you for having us here in Seattle. My name is Anatoly Raichinets. I am pastoring in the Ukrainian Evangelical Church and also serving in the Ukrainian Bible Society. Welcome, gentlemen. So happy well, to have you guys. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, now you've you've traveled to Seattle. Uh, why Why here? What's up? <laughs> well, that's that's my fault, if I can say that, uh, because uh, we members of the parliament currently are traveling around the United States just to raise awareness about what is happening in Ukraine. And instead of going to the capital, to Washington, D.C., we decided to go to the States because we want local people to to know that the war is going on and uh, 
to know many many other things is let me tell you them i will i will do that during uh, during uh, this talk but otherwise uh, we are here as part of our uh, mission to travel to different states and currently there are five other delegations that went to other states so hopefully for the next few months we will cover uh, all the country that's a great idea you know i think that it uh it it, it helps people to understand that we're dealing with people here and it's just not off somewhere, but it's it's important, you know, especially the fact that you have, you know, your two Christian brothers there with you as well. Uh, Bible tells us that if one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. If one part rejoices, we all rejoice. And so we're so excited to have you on. Can you uh, bring us up to speed? What is the current situation in Ukraine right now? Well, I will tell you on my side, and I will let them guys tell you from from their side. Okay, so. Currently, uh, we are finishing the second year of the war, and we can say that so far we have succeeded uh, in actually defending our country uh, and uh, the, not letting the enemy uh, achieve the goals that they wanted to achieve when they started the invasion, unprovoked invasion. Um, at the same time, when we face the third year of the war, the situation is worrying for us because we see that uh, sanctions, unfortunately, they didn't make the enemy's economy weaker. So, in fact, the GDP is growing and uh, their revenues for the sale of oil and gas are increasing. So just for you to understand the situation in figures, Ukraine's budget for the next year for defense is around $35 billion dollars. And Russians, they just increased their budget for the defense by $45 billion. So the amount of increase for them is higher than the total budget for Ukraine. And altogether, they're going to spend next year on defense. And we say, they, they say on defense, but we understand that this, these are money for the war in Ukraine. They're going to spend over $100 billion. And uh, most of that of those money are coming from uh, the revenues for the sale of oil and gas. So unfortunately, we must say sanctions, they, they are not working with their in, in, initial intentions. And uh, they have to be tightened so the Russia would be receiving much less money and then would not be able to finance the war. Uh, in addition, we see that they are throwing their resources uh, on the war. So they are switching their economy for the war economy. They're mobilizing uh, more people and they are just throwing sources on the front lines. So the, the amount of, of people's life that they lost now when they want to capture Avdiivka, which is a very small town in Donetsk region, is just incredible. So and analysts from different sources say that they spend thousands of, of lives of their people just to capture a small town and to show some achievements before elections of the president that will be happening in March in Russia. So for any other country, that would be just unimaginable, you know, using the best of the, the best of the country has people's lives and, and, and their own people just, you know, to kill them and to, to grab some piece of land. And when we are here in the United States, we want to reiterate to people that we are not fighting for the for the piece of land. Uh, this is a fight for values, and this is the fight for our right, you know, to define our futures ourselves. 
So Russians, they came to kill us. They came to kill our families, to kill our kids. We want to defend our right for our existence. And that's for us, that's a, that's a war for our future. So now pass to my colleagues to describe how they see what is happening there. If I can just add uh, already, you got a wide description of uh, how, how Ukraine is today and how is life in Ukraine. And uh, just want to add that Ukraine is bleeding. We pay very high price for our freedom in defending our country. Millions of people lost it, house, home, property. Millions of people are displaced, left the places they, they, they have been living in. Uh, thousands of families crying because they lost it. They're uh, members of family. Uh, and the churches in Ukraine today are united as never before to reach out and respond to all those needs we facing uh, those days in our country. So in general, picture is um, uh, that Ukraine bleeding, suffering, and uh, we standing together to defend, to help, and to fight for our freedom. All our churches in Ukraine now become like humanitarian hub, you know, and uh, uh, we have a, a lot displaced people, refugees people, and we help them because uh, maybe around 90% uh, of our uh, people, they have a trauma and we work a lot to help them like pastors. And uh, I, I believe it will be, this work will be maybe 10 years more because it's a big, uh, big trauma today for, for Ukraine. And also we uh, pray about our freedom because in occupied territory have a, a lot problem with religion freedom special. For example, in Lugansk area, it's occupied territory in Lugansk area, we lose all our evangelical churches because they, they are closed all churches. And uh, when we they occupy some territory, we start uh, or rebuild our churches and help the people. The people very open to to Jesus, especially in the occupied territory. For example, in uh, Bucha area, maybe you heard about this uh, a lot. Uh, in Bucha area, it was a very terrible situation. We we lose three pastors. The Russian soldiers kill them because because they are not, uh, uh, you know, it, it's very interesting. In occupied territory, they said for evangelical church, you are agent of USA. It's like uh, being before in Soviet Union time. And then uh, I back in uh, Bucha, we lost three pastors. Um, they come just to pick up people and move in, in uh, another place uh, in West Ukraine to our church and help them. And it, this is our situation, how we live. But uh, we pray and believe to our God and we hope that God help us and we will be free and we will be part of free world. 
and like uh, you know like here in the united states i wanted just to add what bishop already said that uh, to our churches coming more and more traumatized people adult teenagers young people children and this is a big challenge we will face already facing and uh, we will face in future yeah and you know when we start uh, to help people in bucha uh, now it's open two new churches in bucha maybe each 300 people coming in the services mm -hmm. because the people is very open uh, to to god so um obviously uh war is not good how do you see um you know obviously we want to be praying for peace we want this thing to end we want you guys to be victorious to you know protect your freedoms your 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 uh all your rights and everything um how do you see this war ending it's a very difficult question because you know if we are talking about russia it's much biggest country like uh, ukraine but uh we are looking miracle from God. It's all yeah, yeah that's a hundred percent. So you Maybe mentioned I a couple things here. This idea from from an American standpoint, we had a, a guest a few weeks ago, a mayor from one of the Ukrainian towns, talking about three hundred of his men um, died in battle. And it, one of you mentioned Anatoly that um, it may be ten more years. Uh, I don't think the American people in general get this sense of like, oh, wow, but we have this short attention span, right? And you have the battle with, with America and watching Israel and, and being attacked by Hamas over there as well. I was asked just the other day, it's like, well, I haven't heard much about Ukraine. So I, this idea of going now, a member of parliament, the Pentecostal and the uh, evangelical church leaders, if you will, coming out to tell the story, I think it's really powerful. Um, so our audience is predominantly Christian, it's a Christian radio network. Um, obviously, Doug said we should be praying for you and thank you for sharing. But these churches, right, in these times of crisis, you would assume people will be drawn to the truth, drawn to faith um, with the growth of two churches. What other things are you seeing in your in the towns and the places you guys serve um, that are, is a need? Obviously, money, um, but are families being uh, displaced and needing housing or what's the deal the needs is huge because uh a lot of people uh, millions lost at their homes mm -hmm. so churches here are locomotive they they invite all charities uh, all organizations international worldwide organizations working together with churches to provide necessary aid I recently just returned from East Ukraine before my departure to the United States. And we saw there a very difficult situation in uh, in the beginning of the winter. So people living in basements, uh, groups of people in the towns like uh, Avdiivka, like Konstantinovka, uh, Drushkivka, it's many, many cities and small towns uh, in uh, Donetsk province. And uh, they don't want to leave that place want to stay there. Many of them are elderly people. And uh, the, if we're talking about the humanitarian aid needs, it's it's just uh, so big that uh, here we need to stand uh, very, very tight together 
to reach out uh, and help all those people? If I can... The question... Yeah, good. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, address the question that you asked before, Doug asked about the end of this war. We face this question a lot these days, and uh, many people who actually don't follow the news, they have a very simple question like, you know, we know what is happening in Ukraine. Okay, how this would end? Um, and uh, without like a deep understanding of what uh, of what is happening, it's just impossible to answer this. And uh, this deep understanding comes, first of all, from Russia. And then you just note, then they are increasing, as I said, they're increasing their budgets for the defense. And they have, they have actually, they are planning to triple the budget, where I mentioned 1 billion, so that it will be tripled within the next three years. This is the, their plan. So currently, if you compare the defense budget for this, for the coming year against 2019, so the year, two years before the invasion, now it's three times higher. So they're in the process of increasing their budgets to fund their army and in the process again for the future to increase the money to fund the, to, to fund the army. So secondly, they are building plans and they all have already switched the economy to the, to the, uh, to the war economy. So the question is like, how can we say about the end of the war when the enemy shows that they are going to fight for the next three years? You know, so on that on their side, I believe it's just one thing to end the war. They want to kill all of us and to grab all the country. So that's the way how they, you know, see the ending of this war. For us, you know, well, we cannot afford that. And that's the reason why we are here, you know, to tell that, you know, the situation is grim. Talking about the end of the war, it's a good, you know, nice topic to spend your evening talking about the end of the war. But let's go into details. There are no signs that this, this is going to end. They want to kill us all then to grab all the country. That's it. And we have to defend. And that's why we came for the support, you know? I can't imagine being in a situation where your country, um, you're independent, you're a d- democracy, where you have your elected officials, and you have this um, country, Russia, a larger country, uh, not only trying to invade, but trying to uh, kill and destroy and take what is yours. So obviously praying for the people of Ukraine, the citizenship, but it is, you, you meant, one of you mentioned, this is a battle over ideals, right? Uh, about your way of life, about your freedom. Um, and if the, the, the Russia's goal is to not only take over, but to re- bring back or take in Ukraine and make it part of Russia, is that the, the ultimate goal for them? Yeah. And, Please know that there is no other nation in Europe that would be fighting for, you know, it's uh, the the way how they want their country to live, at least if you take the last 30 years. So if you take some other countries, many of them were taken to European Union, to NATO, because they are small, you know, they, they did some reforms, but they didn't fight for that. They didn't lose their lives just for the direction of the development of their country. And we are fighting for this because You have shown us how the world can be beautiful. You have shown us how democracy works, you know, how the economy can grow. And we said to you, to the states and to you, to the civilized world that, okay, we want to do the same in Ukraine. And then the enemy came and they they want to kill us just because of this way of thinking. So, and this has to be defended because otherwise it would be a very bad example for the rest of the world. I've been uh, notified we got about less than five minutes left. So, uh, yeah, we, Doug, do you have any questions? Go ahead. 
We are uh, we are running out of time, so maybe three, four minutes, and we go. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. So, what what do you want our listeners to know specifically? Each one of you, kind of wrap it up. Um, we thank you for being our guest today. So, um, when we start with you, the, the Mister uh, uh, Parliamentarian, Andre. It's Andre. Yeah. Hard to pronounce Zupanin, but Andre. Zupanin. Yeah, I got it. So, look, one message uh, that I, I I didn't I didn't have messages like one important message when I arrived to Seattle Airport in Tacoma. But yesterday, during the interview with the local channel, I got one. So I was asked what I would like to say uh, to local people. And this is important for them because otherwise you see news about Ukraine on national television. And here we can talk to local people, right? So my mm -hmm. message is very clear. You know, you, you should know your congressman or congresswoman or senator uh, from your state who are representing the state or the county in the, in the Senate or in the Congress. Please show that you care about what is happening in Ukraine by, you know, meeting them and they have meetings with the voters and asking them, what have you done for Ukraine so far? And what are you going to do for Ukraine in the next like months or half a year or a year? Uh, because sometimes when the war started, people, they sent uh, the direction for the politicians. So people showed what they support for Ukraine, and then politicians followed. Now we see the lack of this, you know, push from, from the society. And that's what I'm asking society, what I'm asking people, go and push your politicians and require request answers for them, how they support Ukraine. I want to say thank you so much and uh, ask, please pray for us because we need uh, a lot of prayers. You know, I born in Soviet Union time, and I know what is uh, don't have a religion freedom, but uh, all time independent Ukrainians we have great religion freedom. And uh, for example, in our church, when I am senior bishop, was uh, in Soviet time around four hundred churches, but now more like two thousand churches. And every day we pray about open and work with new churches. And uh, please pray for us because we want to live in uh, this great religion, freedom, free market and uh, free speech, like uh, all civilization country. Thank you so much for your time and may God bless you. First of all, I would like to thank your wonderful nation for outstanding support to us, to Ukraine. Last especially the last uh, 21 months already. Uh, we survived, I have to say, because of help, love, prayer, support from uh, your country, from your nation. Uh, why we defend, why we resist, because we have been before in Soviet Union time. My grandfather, who has been pastoring in evangelical church, has been arrested during the uh, his sermon in church and got nine years prison has suffered a lot from the uh, soviet union communist government i as a boy remember police uh, searching in our house because my father has been also pastoring in uh, in has been pastor is in evangelical church and they have been looking for bibles and religious books and uh, a lot of penalties and and uh, problems with the government. So what they want to rebuild Russia now, 
we don't want to go there. We have been there. We have suffered and paid high price already to have a freedom, worship, build churches, preach gospel, distribute Bibles. And we're seeing in unoccupied territories where Russians came, uh, the same things happening, even worse than in Soviet Union time. All evangelical pastors has been arrested or or uh, need to escape from uh, their their cities and churches because all churches is closed down. So uh, that's why we fight, we resist, and we fight for our uh, rights to to be a Christians in our home, in our homeland, in our country. So please stand with us. Don't leave us alone. We are so grateful for time together with you and your support. And we need to continue in this uh, battle. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for being on with us today. We uh, very much appreciate you sharing your heart and and bringing us up to date on on your current situation. And uh, God bless you guys. And we, uh, you know, please uh, feel free to contact us and uh, let us know anything else we can do. So thank you, Andre, Anatoly, and Anatoly. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. God bless you. So, wow, brother, what do you think? Well, the, the last Anatoly, um, what passion. Think about this. This is for the near, very nature. We take our freedom of religion here for granted. Even we, we talk about going through the COVID years, right, where the church has complied. The year here is two of these um, ministry leaders, if you will, um, for the Pentecostal and the evangelical church in Ukraine. I'm not sure which region they cover or the whole nation, but out here saying, hey, this is our very way of life. We don't want to return to where we can't have open Bibles, where we can't have freedom of religion. You know, for our Christian audience, think about that. They're fighting for their nation, their way of life, their freedom. But the very nature of what they've established there as the kingdom of God. So we know there's lots of problems with Ukraine. Uh, we know that uh, we could talk politically, but I think it's, it's very cool. And I think... The fact that we had the mayor of a small town of Ukraine come on um, with our friend Vitaly the other day, and then and now we have the, a member of the Ukrainian parliament and uh, two of the ministry leaders, and they're all, there's groups of them, he said, going around the nation to, to local municipalities. And what they were saying is having Christians pray and support, right? And then, of course, the mayor wanted uh, to send money as well, but they said, contact your local legislators, the ones that your congressmen and so forth. I think this is very strategic and smart, right? This is a, a battle that they're talking about going on for years to go, and they're bringing the message to the people. So I think it's going to be effective. I think uh, whoever's behind this is smart if, if you go there because people need to know. I, and people have this very low tolerance for a long-term thing. They, they have this short attention span, brother. I, I, I tell you, just yesterday, someone asked me, what's going on with Ukraine? We haven't heard anything on the news recently about it. And here the Ukrainian people are still fighting for their lives, fighting for their country and fighting for their freedom. And people are still dying. And there's really very little coverage mm -hmm. of the battlefront or the yes. situation in Ukraine. And so I so much appreciate the fact that they're willing to come and uh, travel here and to, you know, to describe it to us and mm -hmm. also to, you know, to bring in the historical context you know, we have 
you know, I have many uh, Ukrainian friends that, that, you know, their parents, you know, were were beaten and imprisoned and all these different things, tortured, um, you know, during the, you know, the Soviet Union years, which is what they were talking about. Right. And they, they don't want to go back. They know what that's like. You know, you don't you don't trade your freedom uh, for security. Right. And so you have to you have to stand. And so, you know, we just, just you know, on honor people for for saying, hey, you know, it's our freedom is worth fighting for. And, you know, I want to bring this lesson to the USA. Right. We you know, we we think, oh. You know, we're OK because just, you know, prices are going up or whatever. We maybe have some of these problems, but there is a you know, there there seems to be an attack on America. You know what's happening with our southern border, brother. All this type of thing, right? That that what's happening with our economy, what's happening with, you know, the government of Washington State wanting to be able to basically kidnap your kid, and and these different things. So, you know, these you know the freedoms that we have are being eroded. The the country is being invaded, and uh, we just can't. I don't I just don't think we can go back to to life as usual and not fight and not stand up and not not take action. Yeah, 100%. And another thing he mentioned that a couple times about the Russia's um tripling their budget and the wartime effort and we know uh from our own industrial uh, war industrial complex whatever you call it military industrial complex that war is good for the economy during the, the war they they turn to building war machinery they put people to work they, it improves the economy that's why you have a lot of left and right that like some type of war because it it's a way to spend money. It's also a way to uh, launder a lot of money as well. And a lot of corruption happens during that. But he mentioned because of the sale of oil and you think about it, bring it back to here. Um, some of the actions in this nation that's hurting Americans, right? Uh, canceling the pipelines and the leases and, and production of oil in America, right? Made us dependent on foreign oil. Well, so did it, it made other nations dependent on Russian oil, which may only funds the Russian movement. You know, the, these actions that Joe Biden administration, the left has pushed upon America in the last three years uh, has worldwide impact and has made the effort in Ukraine. So we're sending money, billions of dollars to Ukraine uh, because of humanitarian to provide military equipment. But a portion of that, I'd say a large portion of that is because on the other side, we've allowed Russia to be successful. We've allowed China to to prosper. We've allowed Iran to prosper in some of these really egregious um, sort of anti-American deals, if you will. And we've talked before, and I want to diminish what these gentlemen have said, but they just mentioned that the war effort is getting worse, not worse, but harder, uh, more expensive because of the economy of Russia growing. And these decisions here on the home front have a lot to do with that, brother. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think you you really hit the nail on the head, right? We're all of a sudden, all the press, all of our attention is turned to Israel. And, uh -huh. and then you have, um, you know, you have these massive protests that are, <laughs> you know, uh, it's just crazy. Like this, this uh, teacher, right uh, at a high school was that down in California, I believe, Bay Area, uh, went to a pro-Israel thing on the weekend, held up a sign, and then the kids just freaked out. Right, had this huge riot and stuff like that. Like only the approved narrative 
Well, and you know, we've 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 talked about this, brother, but this isn't just anti-Jew. This is anti-God, right? Anything yes. to do. So yes. so anything that <laughs> anything that they're facing, they're coming for us, right? And so we we've got to learn. Uh, we get to learn our lessons and we've got to get active. And, and I think really it's important right now that, that we ask the Lord, you know, what do we do? I I was talking to a a good buddy of mine yesterday and I, I, I said, uh, you know, I believe that right now we have got to be closer to the Lord than we've ever been. We've got to be able to hear his voice and we've got to be able to obey him more than ever before. Um, you know, I was reading the Christmas story this morning. Okay. And I was reading in Matthew, right? And mm-hmm. Joseph was being led by dreams, by angels, yes. right? And yes. the, the Magi come and they're being led and they're like, do not go back to see Herod. And then you have Herod reacting and slaughtering all the baby boys, two years old and younger around Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. So these things, you know, so the Christmas story is not just the story of, you know, some some sheep and stuff in right a, in and a angels manger. in the sky and yeah, right exactly. there was some there was there was a battle you know the the when the lord came to earth as a human being it was an invasion it was a battle mm-hmm. and uh and joseph and mary needed to obey the angel and go to egypt right to save mm-hmm. save the kids now to save to save jesus like Right. Whatever. And then they came back and they're like warned again. Don't go over here. Go live in Nazareth. Right. And of course, it's fulfilling prophecy. The whole, you know, he'd be called the Nazarene and all this stuff. Right. 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 But I just think that, um, you know, right now, if we're serious about America, if we're serious about Ukraine, Israel and all these situations around the world, we need to be serious about following the Lord, hearing his voice and obeying him. And doing what he doing what he said. This is getting serious. It's getting dangerous. You know, we've had it so easy, right, brother? I yeah, mean, we have. America, yeah, we've gotten we've been, soft. Well, we've me been personally strong. Got soft. <laughs> yeah. What was that? What's that saying? You know, uh, hard times make hard men. Yep. Yep. Strong. Well, hard times make strong men. Strong men make easy times. Easy times makes weak men. Weak men make hard times. Right. You know, a, a sense that's what's going on. We've got a bunch of weak men or, or leaders now leading to hard times. But to your point, I was just thinking about what you just said too. Um, the bloodshed, the 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 enemies that attempt to to um, stop what God's going to do, and it doesn't happen. When um, Moses was born, right, um, Pharaoh was killing um, is uh, Jewish boys, right, across the uh, Jewish babies. Uh, yet uh, Moses was saved. And then you have uh, Jesus. When Jesus came, uh, Herod was killing babies, trying to stop the arrival of the Christ. Uh, just amazing to me that, you know, that it has to do with the, the attack on babies, on children. And where we at now, this this battle in America and around the world about killing babies, right? It, it is. And yet this, this is the time when God still, his will will still be done. And I want to say one more thing, brother, that that our guest mentioned. Um, I think this is exactly it. We talk a lot about getting Christians engaged in civic government, that God's called us uh, to this mountain to be a voice and be the light and so forth. Here we had a member of the Ukrainian government, right, the parliament, and you had two Christian uh, church leaders working in tandem on the same agenda. 
reaching out and, and shedding a message. I, I was curious how that works in normal non-war times, but here it is. The church is engaged in civic government for the defense of the people and the way of life, which is where, you know, oftentimes we say, come on, get engaged. There should be this friendly uh, uh, environment where we're working together, providing uh, input and and guidance, don't you think? Yeah. And, and um, I just, you know, the thing is, is it just recognizing, right, that there is, uh, you know, they're, they're sneaky, right? The, the devil is sneaky. He's a liar. He's a legalist. And, um, you know, I was just, I was just thinking about how the devil is like, uh, it's like the FBI when they do an entrapment thing, right? They try mm-hmm. to entrap you into doing this stuff. And, you know, one of the things that the Lord's really been dealing with me on, brother, is love one another, mm-hmm. that we've got to love one another. And, and that this, this whole, um, situation with the Democrats, I'm just going to say it like it is, is to divide okay. us, divide us up to get us to hate one another. You know, I, I saw a commercial on, on, uh, I was watching, uh, the five yesterday and I saw this commercial about how, you know, all this different hate is, is on the rise, right? The Muslim hate, the Jew hate that all this stuff. Right. And, and I thought it's so opposite. You know, and what did Jesus say? He said, by this will all men know you're my disciples, but that you love one another. And, you know, we go to churches where there's massive diversity, right? And we all love each other and we're supporting each other. And so don't fall into this trap, right, of of othering people, right? So they're over there and they're, you know, they're not like us. So, you know, we're going to just isolate or whatever. But it's one of the things I love about the fact that we've had, you know, these Ukrainian uh, pastors and leaders on the program is that it, it allows us to love them and to get into their, their heart and their head. And like you said, it's so, it's so difficult to imagine. I mean, people living in bombed out basements, man, stuff like that. Right. So how can we love each other and how can we stay close to God? You know, I think the Lord is allowing this because he wants us to connect with him. We've got to be able to hear for God from ourselves for ourselves right i mean we've got to be able to hear his voice a hundred percent one of the other things that struck me um was interesting and if we had more time with our guests i would have dove deeper but um you could answer this as well or or talk about it uh he mentioned that the russian government is up and their elections are in march and 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 it has to be they have to have a you know uh goodwill the people so i don't know how open and fair the elections are in russia i'm assuming they might be a little bit less open and fair than even here and we know we have issues here um but the fact that they actually have elections and you think well we have elections coming up too and there's there's always this public sentiment you know things tend to get a little bit better before election time. Gas prices tend to come down. They tend to do things so that the economy looks better, the war effort looks better, whatever it may be, to curry favor in the moment. And it's interesting. This, this is worldwide. Even in a country that's communist in nature or former communist in Russia that uh, has the bureaus and the big, uh, basically, uh, Russian mafia bosses that run the country, right, with the the what's the KGB still it's still existing that they have elections, brother. Um, and and this is important. And you think, okay, they're expending more money, they're attacking Ukraine. It's got to look good for the Russian people that they're actually winning in Ukraine so that they can stay in power. 
Isn't that uh, isn't that very interesting? Yeah, that that is a a at least a factor in world events. Uh, just about everywhere you go, it's about power, about position, about about politics, if you will. What do you think? Yeah, politics, man. It's it's politics, and um, you know, in Tucker Carlson's speech, he was talking about you know politics being necessary right if you're gonna either it's either politics or conflict right or you know so you know being able to work things out and stuff like that but you know aren't aren't we seeing like the same thing with biden he's going around like you know don't don't look at your circumstances look we're succeeding everything's great Mm -hmm. and it's uh and people are saying it's not working this ain't working prices are you know what turkeys are up you know 80 percent and you know, potatoes are up 37% and all, all this stuff, right? It's like this right. ridiculous thing. Now, um, gas prices just dropped a bit here in um, uh, Washington state because, um, you know, we're going into 2024 and that's going to, you know, exactly. they've got to figure, they've got to figure out how to get those gas prices down because people are going to go, when Trump was president, we were paying, you know, under two bucks. Right. Exactly right. Now, yep. you know, it dropped to four today, you know, yesterday or whatever. So <laughs> um, I'm like, OK, so it, now it's only double instead of triple. Right. It was triple and even higher. Went up to like seven. I think it was even nine in California in some places. Yeah, it was uh, over nine o'clock, nine dollars a gallon. It was up to seven fifty for the most time. And, and parts of California still is right near seven. And so, so it's now, interesting. And then yeah. you saw that. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but they they did the first round of signatures uh, dropped uh, for the the initiatives, right? We have these six initiatives right. in Washington, yep. and they're all going to get on there. So they're going to either the legislature is going to deal with it, or they will be on the ballot, right? To legislate. So they're what they call initiatives to the legislature, referendum to the mm-hmm. legislature initiatives, and um, so this uh, you know this hidden gas tax, right? This this uh, cap and tax, mm, cap, cap and trade, and trade yeah. thing, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be, uh, you know, and people are, you know, taking their power, their authority that they have in God and they are, um, making, uh, making a difference by, you know, by, by putting that signature down or the signature gatherers, right? Again, this is this idea that, you know, we can't all do everything, Marty, but we can all do something, right? We can get out, right. we can fight. We can run right. for office. There's going to be a lot of, you know, there's a ton of seats going to be there probably three, four thousand seats right here in Washington up for election. Mm-hmm. How many of those are going to go uncontested? Right. And and Christians, come on, we need to stand up. We need to run for water boards and school boards and and city councils and county councils and state legislation and all these different things There's statewide races. Um, right. And we you know, we need to get involved and, and, you know, let's enjoy the holidays. Let's get through Christmas. Let's be charitable. You know, let's give mm-hmm. some charities that support Ukraine and Israel and different things. Right. Let's be, let's be outbound. Let's be giving, you know, I was, uh, uh, really Hold reminded that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that, you know, one of the reasons why God wants us to give is because he's a giver, right? We want to reflect him. We want to imitate him as dearly loved children, right? God's always giving. He wants us right. to give, right? Yeah, you can't outgive God. Of course, even King Solomon said that you can't outgive the Lord. So, uh, to your gas thing, I, I, last week I spent all, all week driving all across the state of Washington from Pullman to Gig Harbor, back to Pullman to Ellensburg, my daughter's in college and so forth for Thanksgiving. It's a blast. We rented a, a, a big Tahoe, right? So, not a very good gas mileage car, but for the poignancy, 
filling up in Seattle was near six bucks a gallon, five something at the time where we, so for 20 gallons, that was 120 bucks just for basic math. Filling up in Gig Harbor was four eleven at, at Safeway. That was eighty three dollars, you know. And then uh, when it was two ninety five or whatever it was uh, when we left over by Idaho there, and that was forty two dollars. So you go one hundred twenty dollars to forty dollars. That's the difference in most Americans are paying in just this one tax, brother. Think about that for a car for driving a family across the holidays. You know, I filled up a tank probably five, six times. So five times at 120, that's uh, what's that? 600 bucks or five times at 40, that's 200 bucks. That's a big difference uh, for a family when you're talking about a pension penny, brother. So this is not a small thing. And that's on top of the inflation, like you said, of turkeys and meat. We bought a three pound um, prime rib uh, and we had some turkey as well. The prime rib, brother, was like 40 bucks. I'm like, what are you kidding? <laughs> oh, holy moly, right? Uh, just the the cost of things, and thank God we could we could actually be able to afford it. But a lot of people can't, and they're struggling uh, in this economy. And a lot of it is self inflected. We've we've been talking about this for a long time, but this all of these are policy decisions that some of the 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 crime in the streets, the non prosecution. The drug use, the homelessness, the encampments, um, uh, the car theft, um, on and on and on. Those are self-inflicted wounds by policy decisions, and we've got to change that. That's why we we preach so much about getting engaged, about praying, about obeying, about calling. If you're called to run for office, all these things. But it really is about civic engagement, having the church, the body of Christ, take this mountain be involved, be the light. And these are burdens put upon the people because the wicked, if you will, are in power, which is what the scripture says. Don't you think, brother? Yeah. And when the wicked rule, the people groan, right? But Mm -hmm. when the righteous are in power, the people rejoice. So let's get some righteous people in there. Let's uh, let's deal with these election issues and and, uh, this other stuff. Uh, You know, that's one of the things that kind of was startling it has been startling about you know this whole thing with tucker carlson right over the last year and now he's he's openly saying hey you know they you know they they love power so much they'll steal an election they'll put a senile guy in charge and act like everything's fine right and uh and so we we have an opportunity right now we have a constitution we have freedom of speech we have uh freedom of the press we have freedom of religion we have all these different things right but we must exercise it we must go farther we must push back i actually had an amazing vision uh just i think it was yesterday of wow. the sh- the shield of faith and the shield of faith you know, I don't know. I've thought of the shield of faith as kind of one of them round, you know, things with the point in the middle, kind of Roman-ish thing like that. And in this vision, I saw the shield of faith. It was like the size of my entire body, right? It was like over my head, down to the ground. And the thing was shining and burning and amazing. And it was not possible for any fiery dart of the enemy to get through to me. But it wasn't just that, brother. It was that we were to move forward with it, that we were to push forward. You know, this uh, one of the things that, you know, I think is um, difficult in this Ukrainian uh, conflict is, you know, I, I, I said, what is peace? You know, and they're like, well, it'd be nice to sit around and talk about peace. But, you know, it's on these other guys. Well, we need goals. 
we need we need initiatives and we need to have objectives right if you're going to fight a war the objective is this right we're going to take this town back we're going to do right. whatever right and so uh same with our faith you know if we want to see america saved we cannot be defensive we have to we have to take the initiative you know and it, you know the word would be offensive but i don't i don't i don't think we necessarily want to be offensive but we want to have the initiative and we want to get this gospel out there. And in a lot of the same ways that Ukraine is suffering and they're seeing revival, right? People are coming to the Lord because of the desperate situation. We're in, in a lot of ways, what you just described, if you're paycheck to paycheck and your gasoline bill for your car goes from two to 400 bucks a month, mm -hmm. you've had a huge, you've taken a huge pay cut. You've got a huge problem on your hand. And yet we know that God, wants to supply all our needs according to his riches and glory, that God wants to begin to, to do that. But the more than that, the deepest need, right, of our, our life is that relationship with him and eternal life and to have purpose and to go somewhere. Why, why, are, these, why are these high schoolers, college-age kids, you know, marching in the street because they want purpose, right? The problem is they've grabbed onto the wrong thing. We haven't given them, have we given them something good that we can purpose you know we talked about turning point usa the america fest coming up here yeah. in just a you know a couple of weeks um that's exciting because those kids are are being infused with a purpose right they're they're have that ability that, i love that brother because you're exactly right uh, we've been talking there's a hunger in all of us there's a hunger in all of our kids regardless of the propaganda they've been told by the education system, by the cultural left, by the all the stuff they listen to, they're still hungry for meaning, and they'll grab onto the purpose that's before them. So, if if the left or the enemy gives them a, a purpose, a sense of meaning or sense of purpose, they're going to go after it. So, if someone tells them it's it's righteous to support Palestine and and uh, and Israel is the aggressor, they're going to they're going to go out with all the gusto, right? Like you said. If you, but the true purpose, their calling, who they are in Christ, their identity, you know, if if we are better, not saying no no condemnation there, but the idea that if we out there with joy, with peace, with the message of the gospel, that Jesus loves them, it's it's attractive, but also that they allow them to grab onto the purpose that is meant for them, not this uh, false purpose or this uh, twisted things being taught to them now. So you're right. It's no time, not time to shrink back or shrink back. It's time to go forth. Yeah. And we talked about, you know, I think it was last week, right? Where I was talking about in Revelation, where it says the first ones into the lake of fire are the cowardly and the unbelieving. There's no room for fear in this. You know, I was reading um, an interesting uh, passage of scripture, First uh, Samuel 15 uh, through uh, 17. Basically, Saul disobeys God, right? He, he doesn't. Right kill ag ag and he does you know they they take the best of the spoil and they didn't do what what samuel told uh, him to do and then it says that that saul that the spirit of the lord departed from saul and it went on david right so we'd see david getting anointed um, right. i was talking to somebody yesterday and he said you know well that the left is man there there's no chink in their armor i said i said brother there's a chink in their armor it's right below their helmet and just above their mask and David took down a giant with a stone right in the forehead, right? So, Amen. Amen. So yeah. there's there's always a chink in the armor. There's always a blessing for those who will will fight and who will uh, look for the honor of God. But this idea that 
this thing that the spirit, that evil spirit from God, it's called, it was, if you look at the Hebrew brother, it's a spirit of fear and terror. It's, wow. it, it's, it's the thing the devil controls people with fear and especially fear of death controls yes. people. And that's what they did during COVID, right? They tried to control the country with fear. And those people like Cheon and uh, John MacArthur and others that stood up and said, no, yes. you're not closing our church. And they, they came down on them with the full force of the government and they, the churches won. And this is exactly. it. And if, if you and I, when we were at the, at the state Capitol and the, the fences yep. were up and they kicked us off and we went and fought back, we won yep. because we fought back. And I'm telling you, we have opportunities every day to push forward, to get behind that great, shining, burning shield of faith and take a few steps forward and to take America back and to America. God's hand is on you, America. Yes. God's hand is on you. And he wants to, we have given and given and given. What other nation has sent out so many missionaries, brother, has sent out in every disaster, every, you know, disaster around the world, international problems where Americans were there. They were giving and they were doing that. And we want to recapture that in this holiday season. So as you're out getting gifts, you know, pick up a couple of cans of food for the food bank, grab a turkey and give it to the food bank. Give it, you know, let's let's give money to the the bell ringers, right? Put some, just do a little, a little here and there. It's really addictive, brother, right? Once you yeah, start to give, you're just like, whoa, this is great. <laughs> and the Lord will reward you. Amen. Not only Amen. with, uh, you know, what it, what it, Paul said, you know, quoting Jesus is better to give than receive. And that's why I love Christmas because Christmas is really is the season for giving. You know, I can't, uh, the great, the greatest joy is when you can give a gift to a loved one and they, and it's just exactly what they want, you know, the, to see them light up and say, wow, this is, this means something. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's an old, you know, kind of trite saying, but it's the thought that counts, right? <laughs> But it really is. Like, did you think about it? Did you think, put some thought into it? Exactly right. It's not a gift card, although gift cards always nice. Um, but yeah, uh, did you put some thought into it? I have a question for you, a little bit, circle back a second on, you talked about Saul, right? You talked about, I thought about, um, Mo, I mean, so yeah, Moses going through the, the promised land, right? He was forbidden because he did what he was told to do before, but he wasn't told by God to strike the rock the second time. Remember, um, and so he did. He didn't follow completely, and then he lost his chance to go into the promised land with the Israelites or the Jewish. And then you have Saul. Prior to that, you know, uh, where Saul went and did most of what God said. He didn't say, I'm not going to do it. He just didn't follow the directions completely. And, and once again, the anointing left. There, there's this, this thing of being fully in. Not about condemnation or judgment, but here's two stories of people that were leaders of the Jewish people and uh, that were given instructions uh, to follow. And they didn't follow them the, the God's way or didn't follow them completely. And then there was a huge consequence. Uh, how does, is there any application of that to our walk with God? I'm curious from your viewpoint. Yeah. The, you know, the Lord reminded me today, you know, we've all sinned. We've all mm-hmm. fallen short of the glory of God and he's laid on him the iniquity of us all. So, you know, here's Jesus. 
he's taken it and he's he's um he's paid the price. So we're in a different covenant, a new a new covenant. And you know, there is a uh there is a point of no return, you know, I think it says uh, I'm trying to remember might be a third John where he says, you know, if so, if you see somebody taking a sin that doesn't lead to death, you know, pray for them and God will restore them and stuff like that. But if they're sending a sin that leads to death then just, you know, don't bother or something like that. That's kind of a tough word. But I would say, you know, if you're listening to this show and you're being convicted, you can now repent. You can, you know, you're not there. You're not too far. God can can get you. (laughs) Lord, forgive me. You know, Jesus' blood covers us. Uh, Yeah, it's so good. What a great show. I hope uh, everybody's getting ready for this great holiday season just to work on that giving thing. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. Go to DougandMarty.com. You can contact us and listen to old episodes. My name is Doug Bassler. Marty McClendon, we appreciate you tuning in to Doug and Marty versus the world. Take care. God bless.